Have no fear of missing out. Your host is Brian Franzo. I'll tell you what you don't know. And now, your host, iSocial Fans. What's up, my fans? Brian Franzo here. And um, most of you might know that um, I wasn't a great high school student. Wasn't a great college student. Um, I would love to blame it on my ADHD, but let's just face it. A lot of it was consistency. Um, drive, desire to learn about topics, and really, I just had no attention or focus, but I loved school. And the reason I say that and start off this episode is I just got off a um, a one and a half hour lecture where I was the guest lecturer at the University of Madison, Wisconsin, uh, via Skype or via Zoom, uh, thanks to Don, the professor, uh, reaching out to me. And and he was, uh, you know, he's running a kind of a, a course, a master's level course, where kind of a hybrid between personal branding and social media and marketing um, has had a lot of uh great friends that have been uh, guest lecturers of uh, his course. And uh, he gave me the opportunity to do that. So we just did that uh, just a couple minutes ago. And I'm riding a high. I'm riding a high after um, that conversation and really excited to share some of the things, the questions that were asked. And I might set the stage for this episode kind of from the standpoint of what would I do if I was starting over my personal brand and social media today in 2019? But even more so, this is kind of more of like what I wish I did back then or what I've figured out works. And then on top of that, I kind of gonna, I'm going to address, uh, it's pretty cool, they, they tweeted out using a hashtag, uh, UWLSC, with its life sciences communication, and then class 432, so this must be a 400 level class. Uh, so I feel even more sophisticated now, I was guest lecturing in a 400 level class. I'm not even sure if I took 400 level classes in college. Like I said, college was a struggle for me. But the questions were great. I just kind of set my background and then we opened it up to the classroom uh, to, for each student to ask questions. And they were sending me questions via Twitter over the last couple of days. Uh, but then we let the students kind of decide to ask questions um, on camera. And then I just kind of answered them um, on the air and or on the air on the video. And I wanted to share a couple of the answers with you guys. I wanted to share a couple of my thoughts. But one of the things I thought that, you know, just kind of interesting for me kind of evaluating or self um, reviewing um, from that that guest lecture is that although many of us feel that we're at the beginning many of us feel that hey I don't have a big following maybe my personal brand isn't what uh, you know other people's are I think there's a little bit of an element of uh, and it's not imposter syndrome it's just an understanding of we all start from zero and managing expectations. I think one of the things that um, I had to really set out to stress um, in the course, er, in the lecture today, was that we can't let the, the amount of engagement or the amount of response of what we share determine what we should share more of. What I mean by that is a couple of the people that were asking questions in the class and, and a shout out to everyone that were brave enough to jump on video and ask the questions. A, a couple of people were saying that, you know, um, they love, they, they post about their course or they post about being a softball player or they post about A, B and C, but they really love photography or film, uh, being a filmographer or whatever it may be. 
but they don't get much engagement on that post. And so they're wondering what they should do and how they should make that happen. And you have the opportunity if you have a niche to create different accounts for your niche. Um, but I truly do believe people follow you on social media because of who you are, why you do what you do. And then last but not least, what you actually post. And so I think one of the interesting parts of that, uh, the different ways that people were asking me that question was it really just came down to saying that I don't like one thing at all. And even if I'm building this account for my course, I'm not sure if I want to follow my friends or my friends might not care about what I have to say. And what I have to say about that is that you'd be amazed how many people follow and engage with my content today that would not consider themselves a marketer or in the business game or even online game. But yet they're, they, they look at it for inspiration or maybe to understand what other people are doing. Or maybe they have a side project that they're working on. Or maybe their spouse or significant other or their partner um, is caring about this and they want to be more in the know, whatever that may be. And I think that's a lesson that it's taken me a long time to learn as well is that sometimes when you're looking at you know life or looking at what you're posting, you do have to kind of manage what success looks like. But I also think in today's day and age, it's not about what you post. It's not about being an expert or conveying thought leadership. It's really about sharing your point of view, sharing your story, letting people know or letting a window into who you are and what you're all about. And I think that's that's something that I think is really, really important because you know, as we're all starting out, it's scary, it's weird, and we're not sure what people are gonna to gravitate to. And I wanna share I wanna share this, like just so you guys know, the, I had no plans on talking about marketing or social media five years ago. I was, my plan was to be using social media and marketing to, to grow my technology uh, clients and business. Um, my focus was always being a change evangelist and talking about cloud computing and cybersecurity and technology. If you would ask me 10 years ago, the last thing I would be doing was marketing and social media. You would ask me three years ago, the last thing I would be doing was video or creating three podcasts. You don't really know what speaks to you or what, how best your path is going to be to carve out until you start pressing that damn button and putting yourself out there. And so that was a lot of the, a lot of the questions had to do um, kind of on that side of the house of like, you know, where should I start? How do I kind of dissolve, you know, divide um, and conquer or really, you know, what, what goes from there? Another question that I received was, Brian, well, how do you handle when you're not being, you're not feeling creative or you're not in the mood or you're not really sure what you want to be talking about? And this one's been one, I think I've, I talked a lot, a little bit more on this podcast recently. Um, but for me, giving yourself, forgiving yourself for sometimes not being passionate or not being creative is a big part of it. Sometimes we try to force creativity. Sometimes we're like, all right, today is the day I'm going to make an Instagram post that everyone's going to love. What? Why is today the day? Like, what's going? You know, and I think this is one of those things is you kind of just have to own it. I, I just posted this on Instagram last week, like. For me, I woke I, this past Monday was not a day for me, and I decided at three o'clock to cash in my chips and just binge watch Netflix, and I was going to start over again on Tuesday. And that podcast I recorded on Tuesday, I think, was really damn good. And I think the reason it was damn good was not because it was Tuesday, but it was because I gave myself permission to not be creative on Monday. I forgave myself. And I think that's something that is really valuable today is that we, we don't have to be on all the time. We don't have to be creating or, or being that, like, that perfect person or that persona that we portray out there. And even on top of that, I think we also have to just remember that 
you know, we, we, man, we decide what the expectations are for others. If you tell people you're going to, you're going to do a podcast every week, you know what? Do a podcast every week. But if you decide after a couple months that you can't do it every week, come out and tell people you're going to do one twice a month. As long as you're willing to be transparent and under and put those expectations out there, or maybe you put on your Twitter account that, or your Instagram account, you know, Hey, I thanks so much for following me. I don't usually reply on the weekends, but I will reply to you during the week. You won't have people complaining about why aren't they following me? It's because you're putting those expectations out there. And I think sometimes we, we, we put on these expectations on ourselves that we really don't need to. It's not, it's not our job to, to make all of that, those expectations come true. We really get to decide what the expectations are. Now, our audience can tell us if it's too much or too little, yes, and then we can decide how we prioritize that. But I think that's something to think about as we kind of move forward. And on that same note, one of the great questions I got um, in, the co- in the lecture near the end was, you know, asking me about where I find things to talk about or where is my creativity from? And I started off by giving the answer that I've been giving along for a long time is that I consume more than I create. I listen to podcasts. I have my daily news brief on my Amazon Alexa that I listen to every morning. Um, I use Flipboard to consume blogs. Um, and I do. I, I watch a lot of documentaries. I watch a lot of TV. I love Netflix. I love live sports. Um, and I try to I try to leverage those. And I think one of the secrets for me has been is I try to use lessons and other things outside of marketing and social media, outside of my business focus as inspiration or as learning lessons for what I create. But then on top of it, one of the other ones is, and it sounds buzzworthy, but it's screenshot awesomeness. You know, there are days where you're like, why am I talking about the iPhone, right? Like that, that to me is, it's funny. I haven't done a podcast episode on the new iPhone. And part of the reason is, is I do get a little bit of like, oh God, you know, like everyone is writing about the new iPhone. Everyone's talking about the new iPhone. Do I, why do I need to be the one that takes it? And part of the thing I have to remember is that people will follow me for my take, for my insights, for my lessons learned. And that's something that I probably would not have even thought about, um, you know, a, a couple years ago. And it's something now that I, I, I do embrace. And I say I do embrace yet. You guys are like, where's my iPhone episode? Um, I will get, I am going to do one when I, my iPhone pro should get here in about a week and a half. Um, and I will do an episode about my first impressions and my thoughts on the, the iPhone pro. Um, but I can tell you that whenever I'm like, man, what should I talk about today? Or man, should I really talk about ADHD again? Or should I send out this tweet? I go to this portfolio of awesomeness that I have on my desktop and it has screenshots from every good thing that everyone's ever said to me when I've been an inspiration, when I've been motivated. And that's usually what keeps me going. And I think everyone should have that repository of motivation because we often only remember the bad times or we overwhelm ourselves um, and we tell ourselves, well, I shouldn't post that. Someone else already talked about it. Or is anybody going to really care about my thoughts about the new iPhone? I mean, really? Um, but I, I do believe it's those little baskets of motivation. And then on top of that, and this is something that I said a long time ago, but I, it wasn't until recently that I embraced it. And that is, I treat social media as if I'm reaching one person. I'm reaching one person and talking to one person. And what I mean by that is, I used to be like, okay, what am I going to share on Twitter that everyone's going to like? Or what is the Instagram post that's going to get the most likes? But likes aren't, isn't my goal. It's not like, and likes doesn't even validation that something's good. It's like as a speaker, I always, we always laugh in the public speaking space. The amount of money you get paid to speak 
does, is not a direct link to how good you are as a speaker. And the amount of likes or comments you get on a piece of content is not oftentimes not determinative of how good that piece of content is. And so one of the things I think about a lot is social media as a one-to-one platform where I'm talking to one person and it's in a public forum for everyone to listen. If it, my good friend Ann Hanley, she has a new uh, newsletter called Anarchy. Uh, definitely, ch- guys, check that out. I think it's the best email newsletter out there um, in the in this space, without question. And Ann talks about the re- how she figured it out was she no longer was thinking about writing up an uh, email for her audience or her community. She was just going to write an email for one person that she thought was good. And every time she writes the email, she thinks about that one person. And that's what she does. And I try to do that with this podcast. Sometimes it's harder said than done. But, you know, for this episode, this episode, um, to be exact, um, I was thinking about there is somebody that, that I was thinking about that is in my, um, my network. And, and Julie uh, is the person I'm thinking about. And Julie has a great story to tell. And Julie is um, a little bit younger than I am. And uh, let me know that she feels that she's kind of new to this game and she's starting out um, fresh and she's overwhelmed and not sure if her voice can matter and how she could stand out. But yet I know she has a, a great story to tell. And so when I was doing this episode or why I was, I was like, should I do this episode? I was thinking, you know what? It's going to help Julie. And if this one episode helps that one person, I think it's a pretty damn success for spending 35 minutes of my time sharing and having these conversations with you. So that's something that, that I, I wanted to share. That was a couple of those, those great lessons um, from the course today that, that people asked. A couple other things that people were asking um, in, in the class and things that uh, were really, I think, things that people really gravitated to was what does it mean to be yourself online? And I can tell you, I'm doing a lot of research right now. I'm working on a, a new presentation around transparency, vulnerability, and authenticity, and how it relates to our ability to build trust and be relatable online. Now, that sounded like a bunch of buzzwords because a bunch of marketers have ruined those words, but I'm out here to tell you that those words are important, and you're going to hear me stressing about those a lot. When I say be yourself online, that doesn't mean you share everything. It doesn't mean you have to talk about tattoos or wear a hat or you have to admit to ADHD or talk about your divorce or whatever it may be. What I mean by be yourself is, is that you are not, you are not, you are not portraying something that you are not when, and I, and I say this all the time, but for me, when I meet someone offline and they tell me, Brian, wow, you're the same person that you are online as you are offline, that is the single greatest compliment I could get. It's better than saying I'm a great presenter. It's better than saying that I've helped because the reason I believe that is I don't think of it as online versus offline. And if something works, if, if I, I was at a mastermind this past weekend and in that mastermind, someone had come up to me and talked to me about um, you know what, what I shared and how I shared it. And now I'm, a, I'm, relaying, I'm, a, I'm interjecting that into my online content right now. And I, I don't think it's about like, Offline lessons lead to offline advice or online lessons only work in online world. I think it is kind of that hybrid. And so when you're being yourself, the way, the best way that I can describe it for me is that when I, when I write out a post, maybe it's on Instagram, maybe it's on Twitter, and then I go back and spell check it because I have lots of spelling errors, and then I check my grammar, and I start editing it. As soon as I start editing it, if I'm not editing it to fit into the character count 
or if I'm not editing it for some other direct reason, if I'm editing it to try to make it sound better or more concise, or maybe I was influenced by someone else's comment on this topic, that is right when I stop being myself and I start trying to share what I think others are going to like. And I think that's that, that simple answer is that it doesn't mean you share everything and there's, you have to have your own risk tolerance. I, I, I mean, for me, it's risk versus reward every time. If I'm going to talk about my kids, if I'm going to share about my divorce, if I'm going to talk about ADHD, if I'm just going to post a random picture of me smiling, you know, what's the risk versus the reward? And everyone's risk and reward is going to be different. The important is that you actually evaluate that yourself and you decide what your risk is and then you reevaluate it, right? Me, the risk of me talking about something three years ago before my brand was where it was at um, was much higher risk. Today, I believe that I can talk and share just about everything and anything that is on my mind that I care about, and my brand is not at risk because I've been building trust over time. And so risk versus reward is something that will, will, will change over time. Your risk and your reward, how you think about things, where all these things kind of come in light, they will change over time. But it's important that we manage that and we understand that risk versus reward and we understand where, you know, where things are going to fit into Another thing that I, another couple of questions that kind of came up to, from people is this idea, as I like to say, there is a, such a big difference between creating content and documenting your content. And what I like to think about that is for me, if you're following me on Instagram and even this podcast, this podcast is a lot less creating content and a lot more documenting of content. I'm documenting usually what I'm thinking, documenting what's going on in my life. It's not that I'm being extremely strategic with the exact things that I'm sharing. Now, the, I do have plans for this podcast on things that I want to talk about, and I, and I do kind of fit them into that algorithm. But what I tell people is that we often get overwhelmed about content because we think of everything as creating. Like, oh my God, I have to create an Instagram story. Oh my goodness, I have to create tweets today. Oh my goodness, I have to create a new blog on my website. Oh my goodness, I need to create a new email newsletter, whatever it may be. But sometimes it's just about documenting who we are, what's going on in our life, what we, what our story is and how it's impacting us. The, sharing those type of things is that long-term way of building trust. And I got that question in the class um, today. Someone asked about, well, Brian, you said, you know, be yourself and you said building trust, but I'm curious, like, how do you stand out and how do you build trust when you only have two followers and one's my mom and one's the professor in the course? And my answer to that building trust is that it takes time, uh, but it comes through your authenticity and your ability to be transparent, your ability to admit when you make a mistake, your ability to tell people both sides of a story. Uh, it also comes to the fact is, you know, transparency doesn't mean you whine and complain about everything. Transparency truly comes down to this idea of giving people an unfiltered view or really giving people access. And transparency, the difference between transparency and vulnerability is vulnerability, when you're sharing something that's vulnerable, there is an implied amount of risk because it's going to be something that people are going to judge and that will more than likely um, have a polarizing effect. When you're bearing transparent, it, it's determined by the amount you're sharing. Now, you can be extremely transparent or you could be semi-transparent, right? You could, you could say, wow, I had a bad day today. Or you could be mediocrely transparent, like I had a bad day today, I lost a new client. 
Or you could be extremely transparent, which I think where I end up falling most of the time. And I could tell the entire story of how I lost the client, what I mistakes I made, what my lessons are that learned, why I, why this all happened, what I wish went differently, right? And so transparency doesn't guarantee trust online. But what it does do is it allows people to determine if they can trust you and it allows yourself to scale trust. If you are transparent, people can trust you quicker. Now, they can also decide not to trust you quicker. So there's a, there's a, a risk on, on that side of it. But being vulnerable is, is, is sharing something that you know more than likely will be polarizing. That's why Brene Brown always attaches uh, things like bravery to things. When you're being vulnerable, you're being brave because you're understanding that that vulnerability is going gonna, is gonna to cause some sort of reaction. And I think that's when it comes to online. And that doesn't mean you say polarizing crap for polarizing reasons. But it does mean that you there's some things in your life that matter a lot to you and you stick to those guns. I think being yourself and building trust online does come down a lot of times to knowing when to compartmentalize, knowing when, it, hey, maybe I shouldn't talk about this. It's not that big of a deal to me versus, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to back down. This is this is something I care about. This is something that matters to me. And you know what? I'm not OK with uh, not talking about it. I'm not OK with letting this thing kind of um you know, go by the wayside. And so that's one of the things that I think um, is also, you know, something you have to think about. The other thing is, and a lot of, a lot of the questions from the course came up with this is about, and I try to tell them about all the change in my life, but they were like, a lot of it came down to wanting to understand what content to share, to share where. And I'm not a fan of sharing the exact same thing on every channel. I am a fan of creating one great piece of content and sharing it on every channel. And you're like, wait a second, Brian, isn't that the same thing? No, it's not. Let me explain. And what I mean by that is when I create this podcast and I get done with the podcast, I'm going to write up the show notes. They're going to be pretty bad. Bree on my team is going to write up the show notes better. And she'll send me those tomorrow and be like, Brian, you need to put these up in the podcast. But then I'm going to say, okay, I need to find a clip. I need to find something that's going to allow me to share. Look at that. Right in the middle of my podcast comes the... Uh, because of a Facebook message from, uh, from Jennifer. Sorry about that. But when, when I think about that, when I'm like, you know, what am I going to share? How am I going to share? Or, or, you know, how am I going to promote this podcast? The podcast is the great piece of content. It's now my job to get it in front of the audience. So the, the show notes and the title are for the podcast listeners. The, when I'm going to share it on LinkedIn, I think about LinkedIn and say, you know what? This is a business focused audience and they've been engaging a lot of times on my more technical content. So I'm going to make this, uh, my post about this podcast a little bit more technical, a little bit more about what I've been focusing on. Ooh, I'm going to share this, this great piece of content on Instagram. I know that Instagram is 99% of people are doing this on their mobile phone. I also know recently on Instagram, I've been talking a lot about self-awareness been talking a lot about um, understanding uh, who I am at the core. So I'm going to create this piece of content for that. You know what? On Facebook, I have a lot of friends on Facebook that could really use this podcast. This would be really good for them. I'm going to share this podcast differently on my when I share it over on on Facebook. And so as what I mean by that is as you guys can hear from that, yes, the podcast is the same great piece of content on every channel, but the the title that I use, the 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 content I use, maybe even when or where I post it or how I post it is all going to be determined based on the network. And I think that's extremely important to understand and to, to, to kind of realize, um, you know, where it all fits in. 
And then the last one was really uh, my favorite question, which I'll, I'll leave as the fa- the last part of this episode is that Brian, where should I start? You know, like I have a blog post that I want to write, but it's not really like a starter blog post. So I need to have a first podcast podcast or blog post, or maybe the, should I create a podcast or a blog or a video or a video blog? Or should I do a live video? Should I do Instagram stories versus Snapchat stories? Should I just create on TikTok versus Facebook? All those questions that we get. And here's, here's my answer. And, and, you guys on the podcast might be tired of hearing it, but I don't care. I'm going to keep screaming it until everyone in the world starts telling their damn story. Is that the place you start is you start being comfortable where you are most comfortable telling a story. For me, it was Twitter. Twitter was my first love. It allowed me to get out my thoughts immediately. I didn't have to, the, it would disappear from the timeline over time. You know, I then went from Twitter to podcasting. I went from podcasting to Google Hangouts. Google Hangouts got me used to telling my story on a regular basis. And then when live video came out, Meerkat, Periscope, Facebook Live, um, because I was so used to telling my story and I realized live video would let me reach this new audience, I was primed and ready to tell my story there. But I think for so many people, we're trying to create content and use social media because we believe that's where our audience is. And I'm here to tell you, start where you are most comfortable. Then after you get used to telling your story, start sharing your story where your audience is. First and most importantly is getting comfortable telling your story and doing it on a consistent manner. And for me, the, you know, the main lessons of this, this course is it's funny that it's really what has worked for me since day one. And that is show you care. If you want to grow your following on Twitter, retweet, quote, retweet, and share out other people's blog posts and podcasts of those that align with your vision of thinking. If you want to grow your audience on Instagram, why not share every single day a post from someone else that you follow onto your Instagram story and add a little bit of context to why that post inspired you or why that person means something to you. The really the answer for, for standing out online today, the answer for growing your following is the same thing it's been for me since 2013. Show you care about others. Amplify others before you want people to care about yourself. If I was starting off today on social media and on personal branding, the first thing I would do is I would create an account with my first name and last name to make it easy for people to remember, easy for people to kind of embrace. The second thing I would do is when if I was just starting out is I would make sure that when I'm sharing things, I'm being strategic, but at the same time, I'm not being afraid to share. The third thing I would do is I would follow way more accounts than what is comfortable because you don't know what you like or what you enjoy in your feed until people start putting it out there um, and you start seeing it in your feed. The fourth thing I would do is I would start creating content on a consistent manner, which means if it was Mondays, I would do motivational Mondays. On Wednesdays, I would do iSocial fans thoughts on Wednesdays. If it was Friday, I would do feel good fluffy fans of Fridays, whatever that may be. I would create a consistent delivery of content to let my audience know what to expect. Yes, I have a whole podcast on what you have to do differently if you don't have a niche. But not having a niche is not preventing us from sharing our story and talking about all of the things that we like to talk about. It just requires us to do it differently, which is what I focused on on that episode of this podcast. And then I think last but not least, if I was just starting out right now, I would get over my fear of video by creating a lot of video. Video is the great equalizer. It shrinks the distance between us and our community online. If you want to build your following, you want to build trust, 
use video. Now don't overuse video. Don't reply to every tweet with video. Don't, you know, inundate everybody with video. But when you have something of importance to say, or you want to stand out when you're replying or engaging, send a video, let people look into your digital eyeballs, let them understand who you are and what you're all about. Those are the kind of five main things I would do if I was starting out back out today on social media and personal branding. And I don't know if it would make me my personal brand grow faster than my personal brand did uh, previously. But I think in the world we're looking at today, we still have to deal with fake news. We still have to do with bad news. And we still have to do with a lot of people that have no business talking, but they have a loud megaphone and love shouting from the rooftops. So the question becomes... Is it worth us telling our story? Should we tell our story? How do we tell our story? How do we connect? And I'm here to tell you, hell yes, it's worth telling your story. Hell yes, it's not too late. Hell yes, you need to press the damn button. Hell yes, you need to show you care about others and amplify others around you. Hell yes, you need to think like a fan and and start putting yourself in your fan's perspective. And then last but not least, do not let the amount of engagement that you get on a post determine if that post was valuable. If you get 30 people to like it, a post and 100 people to like another post, but of those 30 people that liked your first post, five of them tell you that they ch- you changed their life. Which post is more valuable? Which post matters more? I challenge you. Tell your story. If you're just starting out, press the damn button. Get over your fears. We all suck at the beginning. It's all, our first video, our first podcast, our first blog, our garbage. Our 10th one, our 50th one is not near as good as our 100th one. But I will tell you this, if you do not get started, you are doing a disservice. And I do believe everyone needs a personal brand. Everyone has to have it. And if you think about it this way, a handshake is no longer our first impression. Our first impression is when someone finds out about us, when someone learns about us, when we meet somebody, we Google them. We look them up on LinkedIn. We check on Twitter or Instagram what they're all about. And the question becomes, what are people going to think when they, when they look you up? What are people going are, are to learn about you? More than likely, the things that are on your first page of Google results aren't all stories that you're telling. And you have to ask yourself, do I want other people to tell my story? Or do I want to be the one sharing my story, shifting the narrative, and letting people know who I am? I think we all know the answer to that. My name is Brian Fanzo. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Uh, Big shout out to my podcast sponsor, Wix.com. As you guys have probably seen on social media, I'm doing a live TV segment on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, thanks to Wix.com. And I'm now changing over my entire website to Wix.com. Wix actually has a new partner program that allows you to sign up with Wix. And yes, you can create your own website very easily. That's always been what Wix has been great at. But they also have a new partner program program where if you don't want to create it all yourself and you want to leverage the designers and the developers that are in their partner program, you can do that. So you can sign up with Wix, get your page um, off and running, and then let someone else do all the work so that you can go back to telling your story. You can go back to doing the business that you love doing. Check out Wix.com, my friends. And if you you guys end up using Wix, you end up checking them out. Make sure you uh, send out a tweet or post on Instagram and tag Wix and let them know uh, you heard about their new program here on on the FOMO Fans podcast. 
I'm loving this partnership with them. It is a long-term partnership. Uh, I mean, I'm shifting my entire website. Isocialfans.com um, will now be a, uh, will soon be a Wix.com uh, website platform. I've been using WordPress for ten years, and now I am moving completely off of WordPress on the Wix. Um, and that's because I want to eat my own dog food, drink my own champagne, and I want to be able to uh, talk to you guys about the process. I'm going to do a whole podcast episode on what I've learned about this massive change, massive shift. Um, I looked at, at the newest um, template for my new page today, and I'm beyond excited to share it with you. But uh, make sure you guys check out Wix.com. They are the proud sponsors of this podcast. They are the ones that are also partnering with me for the Cheddar TV series that I'm absolutely loving. Today, I did a Cheddar TV series uh, debunking the myths around automation and technology. So just go to Cheddar.com. Uh, you can just search myths or you can search Wix on Cheddar.com and you can check out uh, all of those episodes that I'm recording every Tuesday. Thanks guys so much for listening for Brian Fanzo, uh, founder of iSocialFans, millennial keynote speaker. I leave you guys with the idea. Remember, show you care. Go above and beyond to let people know that you care about them, you appreciate them. You'll be amazed at the impact you make on others by making those simple steps of caring more than what the average person cares. Cheers.